0: The following podcast is a Dear Media production.
1: Hi, everyone. Welcome to Fertility FM brought to you by CCRM Fertility. Welcome to this week's episode. So just to get us started i have a six-year-old and then tried and tried and tried to have another after multiple miscarriages decided to go through freezing embryos to then do ivf hit like a rock bottom right before i was about to do a transfer and decided like i couldn't go through with the transfer long story short just hit like an emotional emotional and physical rock Mm -hmm. bottom and decided to go right now it's not like for sure but looking into the surrogacy route so we have these embryos And what I'm learning is that every experience is so unique, but there are a few things as women that we can do Mm -hmm. to make sure that we're doing whatever we can in our control. And that's why I'm so excited to talk to you two today, Sif and Dr. Nauman, who are who are having experience in this and who obviously deal with this on a daily basis. So I guess let's just start with you, Dr. and sure. like your your experience in fertility, like how you got started and why you got started and what you're doing now. So I always wanted to be a doctor.
0: I said it's, since the second grade, I read a book about Elizabeth Blackwell, and my mom said I came home I'm like, I'm going to be a doctor. I thought I wanted to be a breast surgeon and help women who had cancer. Like I worked at Sloan Kettering between college mm-hmm. and med school. Mm-hmm. Got to med school and I was like, I cannot do GI surgery for five years to get to breast oncology. So then I was like, I love women's health. Yeah. Let's do OBGYN. And then once I was in OB, I thought, wow, I find hormones so fascinating. Mm-hmm. I think I'll be a fertility doctor.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: And then once I got into this space, I was in, like, I was in a unique time period because egg freezing was sort of being born when I was a fellow. Mm-hmm. So I was very lucky because I was there and at NYU in the initial studies. And then I really devoted most of my career to fertility preservation for cancer and for social reasons. Oh,
1: amazing. Okay. And then Sif, what has your... Journey been like in this
2: sphere? So I was telling Dr. Notman, and you obviously know, but I don't have any kids, but I have a business that is three and a half (laughs) years years old. (laughs) Like it's literally my child, and you're full time toddler. Yeah, truly, like Mm -hmm. and obviously, like this. Like I'm joking because it just cannot be compared. But I feel like my entire life is my business right now, and. I cannot imagine having a child right mm-hmm. now and I was like literally just in the car with my EA and I was like you know I have friends who have businesses at the same stage that we're at and they're moms and I don't know how they do it mm-hmm. because to me like this is so all-consuming and I run the business with my husband so it's not like you know he has his own thing and I have like this is like our thing you mm-hmm. know so mm-hmm. I just turned 32 like Four days ago. And thank you. (laughs) And it's this like egg freezing has been very top of mind for me because, Mm -hmm. you know, I've obviously had multiple conversations with my friends who are having a really tough time conceiving because, Mm -hmm. you know, they didn't freeze any eggs or embryos or anything. And the, piece of advice that I've been hearing consistently over the last couple of years is make sure that you freeze your eggs and, like, mm-hmm. really start thinking about fertility before, yep. you know, before you... it
1: becomes a problem.
2: Exactly. Right. Yeah, exactly. Right. So when, you know, like I heard about this podcast opportunity, I was so excited because I I want to do it this year and I just want to learn as much as I possibly can. Mm-hmm. We spoke about that because we said you're at like the sweet spot age,
0: mm-hmm. right, yeah. where like yeah. if you don't do it, then your chances of it working go down a little mm-hmm. bit. Yeah. So like that's really really the age to do it.
1: interesting yeah because at 32 I got pregnant with Sunny like really easily mm-hmm. like I went off birth control f- within a couple months I was pregnant and then at 34 and this isn't to say like this is just my experience and so it's hard to talk about this stuff without talking about your own experience. But I also want to put the disclaimer out there that like this is just all our individual experience. So not to like judge your own compared to it or think that your outcome is you know, label your outcome because it looks different. But anyways, so I then, yeah, had a really hard time. And we had like two autopsies after the miscarriages. And they said that they were just like chromosomal issues. So after the four miscarriages, we decided to do the embryo freezing. So I, I always think like, I wonder if I had frozen eggs from when I was younger and tried to IVF earlier, would I have like a little two year old by now? And you can always, you don't wanna look back and have regrets. And that's the one thing, like this is basically that insurance to not have regrets. So I guess we can start with like, what age do you recommend you know, thinking about it and, uh, you know, up to what age, you
0: know? But you just nailed it because what I say to patients is when I see women to come in for egg freezing, I'm like, listen, you're never going to regret doing this. Right. Mm -hmm. You will regret not doing it because if you come back and even if those eggs don't work, you're going to say, you know, I washed my hands of it. I did everything I could with the information I had. Mm -hmm. But if you don't do it, you come back and you have infertility. You're going to have so much regret Mm -hmm. that you didn't do something. Mm -hmm. It's interesting. So egg freezing has gone through so many iterations because when it first came out, the women who were freezing were in their early 40s and late 30s. Oh, wow. And that's why it got such a bad rap, right? People were like, egg freezing is terrible. You read all these books, like, it's the worst thing. I'm like, yeah, because the The women had the the worst eggs, right? Right. So now I tell women our technology is better. But the women who are freezing are at the age that they should be when they freeze. So if you come in in your late 20s, early 30s, and you freeze a good number of eggs, you should feel really comfortable. Mm -hmm. I find it very challenging to find the age that's too old or Mm -hmm. like a – because I sit there and I wonder, I'm like, well, should I tell this 43-year-old that she shouldn't do it? Mm -hmm. But then she's sitting there and saying – I know there's less than a 10% chance or a 5% chance, but I don't want to not have done something. Mm -hmm. So I have this like whole internal debate because as a doctor, it's like the art and science of medicine, but then also risk and benefit and all of that. So I usually tell women as long as they understand that the the chance of it working is very low, nobody's going to tell you not to do it as long as you don't have medical issues that would make it more complicated. So then
2: can you tell though Like when, like, is there like a test that happens beforehand and like you kind of like know, okay, like maybe your chances are lower or do you just go by age? So that's a great question. So there's no test for fertility. People always say,
0: oh, I did the fertility test. I'm like, what's that? Because I I don't know what that is, right? (laughs) We can test for egg quantity. And that's what people are walking around Mm -hmm. saying, oh, my egg quantity. So Mm -hmm. that's called your AMH level. And an ultrasound called your AFC level. And together, these parameters will say, okay, if Sif does IVF egg freezing, she'll get 12 eggs. And Jamie, if you're her doctor, you have to give her this dose. But it doesn't tell me of those 12 eggs, does she have one baby, two babies, or no babies. But what I say to women is the younger you are, the more your eggs are, quote-unquote, worth, right? Because if you at 32 can freeze 14 eggs— those 14 eggs have so much more potential than if you froze 14 at 42. So we can give you statistics. We can say for a 32-year-old with 14 eggs, she has an 80% chance she has a viable embryo. Mm -hmm. But nobody can ever say to you, you have a baby in there because there's no test for egg quality.
2: Interesting.
0: Which is why when you said about embryos, the difference between eggs and embryos, so you can tell the quality of eggs through an embryo, Mm -hmm. right? So once an egg is fertilized by a sperm, it makes an embryo, Mm -hmm. and then it has to grow in the lab and demonstrate competence. Mm -hmm. So what I always say to patients, I'm like, the lab is like natural selection in an unnatural fashion. Mm -hmm. Because if your embryo makes it, We know it can go the distance. And then we one step further, and speaking about the miscarriages, Mm -hmm. we chromosomally test them. Mm -hmm. So we know, hey, you have three embryos with the right genetics. Mm -hmm. And that's going to give you, at a CCRM lab, it's going to give you a 70% live birth rate, which is like huge. Right. But you can't tell that with an egg.
1: Yeah, so for you, yeah, since wanted... you have a partner Correct. that you know mm-hmm. you are going to have the kids with, you're better off actually making, not to tell you what to no, do. That, no, that is but what you're we're right. no, no, that's making embryos. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. That's what we're yeah. planning on doing. Yeah.
2: If
0: a patient has no partner, mm-hmm. I always say that, I'm like, 99% of the time, a patient walks in with no partner, they're freezing eggs. Mm-hmm. 1% of the time, I'll have a woman who's like, I want to make embryos with donor sperm. I'm usually like, wait, pump the brakes, <laughs> because once you fertilize that egg yeah, with donor no sperm, you back, can't yeah. unfertilize it. Yeah. I just want you to be clear on that. And actually, 50% of partnered couples that I'm seeing are doing eggs and or embryos, right? Like, so sometimes patients will say to me, hey, listen, like, I love this guy. I think it's going to go the right way, but I'm like, not 100%. So I'm always like, make the eggs, right? Because right? you don't want to be in a situation where he won't let you use the embryos or it's just yeah, cleaner. It gets
1: tricky. But for yeah. you,
0: it's pretty clear. So you'd make embryos.
1: Right. So can... Eggs also, if you if they aren't fertilized, decrease in quality as years go by. Like the longer that they're not used, so, so that's just w- a rumor. Rumor. Okay.
0: Once they're submerged in the liquid nitrogen and frozen, okay, they're they're frozen at that stage. Okay. Now, certain countries have rules, right? Like if you go abroad, you go to the UK or France, they're only going to let you freeze eggs for. 10 years or five years, they're very strict. Okay. Here, you can really do whatever you want. Uh huh. But what I say to patients is, I'm like, you will get to a point where it's not safe to be pregnant, right? Right. So you can't walk in, and we see this like a 54 and say, oh, I want to use my eggs. I'm like, but now you're 54. Right. You could use them with a surrogate, I guess, but you can't, you have to remember that you're going to age as well. Right.
1: Okay. So you're, Going down the road, uh, road of egg freezing, you find a CCRM. Mm-hmm. And what is like the first doctor's visit? Like, what's the journey from beginning to end of egg freezing? Yeah, egg-sizing? I need like when you literally two, like what is, how do you feel afterwards? I mean, I know when I got my eggs taken out, what it yeah. felt like. But just, yeah, walking up. Did you do, you do, you did embryo, right? So I right? did egg retrieval uh-huh. and then made embryos. Got yeah, okay. so
0: I, I did it essentially, right? The front half, though, is exactly the same. The yeah. shots, the ultrasound. And blood work. The egg extraction is the same whether you freeze eggs or freeze embryos, mm-hmm. so that's all the same. Mm-hmm. Most people experience in those ten days bloating. Some people feel fatigued. I've also had people say they feel super energized. You will have to like modify your lifestyle, meaning you can't jump, twist, or turn. So if you were training for a marathon, I would say don't do it then.
1: Mm-hmm. But it's pretty. It's not. It's terrible. manageable. It's, yeah. Like you. You think at the beginning, I remember my first visit being like really overwhelmed. Mm -hmm. Like there's a lot of information being given to you and you have to give yourself injections or you can drive into the doctor's office if you want to for them to give injections. But there's like a whole protocol that you have to follow every day and be on certain medications. So it's like definitely a thing, but... It's not for me, at least physically. It didn't take such a huge toll, and I thought it was like it was a huge bonding experience for me and my husband, like kind of nice. to look yeah. at it in that way. And it was more physically afterwards how uncomfortable I felt for like the five days after Concrete. the so retrieval, after the ten yes. days. So, uh, so you do so. You, okay, yeah. No, no. But Whitney's right. Like
0: the ten days of the shots. Okay, they're not amazing. Mm-hmm. The you're worst bloated. Time are you're the five days After. Yeah. So I'm like, if you're going to a black tie wedding, do not plan it because you will hate how you look in the dress. Like, are you going to go on a beach vacation? Probably not. But you're going to be bloated. It'll be bad for five days. You'll wear like sweatpants and leggings and then you'll be back to your basement. Like, is Mm -hmm. it just bloating or is it
2: like you're in pain and you can't concentrate on work? Like, what is it?
0: You can concentrate. I think you
2: have
1: cramping, right? Like a bad period. cramping. It's it's like that. It's like you
2: just feel pressure in
1: your belly, Uh but you you can totally focus on work. I was like it was hard for me to walk around. So it's like very work from home yep. vibes for a couple days afterwards, but there's I'm no calling pain. calling you when I'm doing this. Yeah, yeah. I'm there for you. There's yeah. no pain. Like after you just, you wake up and you feel totally fine. Like yeah. you would never know that they have like been in there besides the bloating.
0: Because there's um, no incision. It's all yeah. vaginal. So you take like a tiny needle and you puncture the vaginal wall and you go into the ovary. So even though, yes, like there's, obvi- you know, some bleeding because you puncture the vaginal wall, it's not like a major abdominal.
2: Wait, you don't, do you do that
1: yourself? No, you no, do that, that for you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it's basically like 10 days or 2 weeks of the injections and some medicine leading up to the actual procedure and then you do the procedure and then there's just like a little bit of bloating afterwards and then you're either freezing your eggs or your partner is going into the doctor's office to provide the sperm. Provide the sperm and then they freeze them. And then there is the testing process afterwards yep. with that.
0: So if you do eggs, the eggs come out, we assess them for what's called maturity Mm because only mature eggs can be fertilized, and then we would freeze them. If you're going to fertilize with partner sperm, we assess the eggs for maturity, and then we fertilize with your partner sperm. And then the next day you get a call and we say, hey, you did great, you got 12 eggs, 10 were mature, 8 fertilized. And then we watch those 8 embryos grow for up to 7 days. And we're seeing, are they developing at the right rate? And the ones that do, that make it all the way through, they get a biopsy. We take a couple of cells from what will become their placenta, and we send that biopsy sample. We all send it at CCRM. We all send it to Colorado, and the embryo gets frozen. And then a couple weeks later, we will call you and say, hey, you had four embryos that went off for testing, two tested normal. We can tell you the gender if you want. We don't have to. And then we would say, okay, you have two embryos here for use whenever you're ready.
2: Mm-hmm. And how up to how long can you use the embryos you want? Really? Yeah. Hmm. Huh. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, it will feel so good once you do it because it will just be It'll like, were be you, Are you behind nervous you? like when you were getting it done, like just when they retrieved the eggs and you were going through like the testing process and that all of that? The process I wasn't nervous for. It was the getting pregnant part that I was freaking out
1: about. But the actual process of it all was not for me like emotionally tormenting. I mean, I felt hope because I had been for so I long know trying and trying and trying with no success. So I felt like I needed science to get involved, to up my odds. And my husband and I are always like, what are the chances? What are the odds? You know, we always want to know the numbers, and it's so hard with with that. But this, with science and the human body, but this just, like, gives you a little bit more Because so
0: much of the time we're, like, fighting it. You're so trying to be in control. And then when you just sort of are like, all right, I'm good. You take over. Totally. It's like a release in a way. And let someone else, like a doctor that's a
1: specialist, really, like— take it on for you. And they're looking at your body in a way that you don't, you can't see what's actually going on in there. So in looking, like thinking about CCRM, what factors, like I know you're probably thinking about where should I go to do this? Like what, what question should someone be asking when they're looking for a place to go freeze their eggs? I always say the success of somebody's IVF cycle comes down
0: to the IVF lab. Mm-hmm. I joke around, I'm like to patients, you can like me or not like me. It's going to be a long road if you don't like me, but it does. it's not me, right? It's the men and women who work in the lab because mm-hmm. that's where you see the difference in success rates. Mm-hmm. And it's not just like, there's so many intricate details in the lab. It's the oxygen, the nitrogen, how they manipulate, how they biopsy. And that's where you see the difference in success. For us at CCRM, there's multiple locations around the country, right? So if I lived in New York, I go to New York. If I live in Houston, I go to Houston. Um, All of our labs are the same. So I think it's good to find a lab that's a good quality lab. Mm -hmm. Find a
1: doctor you like. Make sure that it's convenient for your life. And then that's a great place to do it. Mm-hmm. So the lab is the, I, I the wouldn't lab. even know that yeah. that's something that I had to really think about or like do how, research on.
2: Uh, yeah. How can you even like make sure that you're going to a good so lab? There's
0: something called, there's different websites will, which will report our success rates. And that's an important place to look. Also, there's like word, you know, word of mouth of course, yeah. you can ask people. I've, I always say you would never know as a layperson because you would say, oh, I like that doctor. I guess it's them. But it, it really has so much more to do with the science. Right. And so that's why it's so important to find it. Right. Lab.
2: Can I ask about your lab? Like, how yeah. does it work? Like, why is it like so up there? So there's a lot of specifics, I guess
0: I would say, that make a lab better than another Mm -hmm. lab. And it's, you know, once the eggs go into the lab, you can have good eggs come out, but bad eggs become from if you are not paying attention to all of the different parameters. Because eggs are very sensitive, right? Embryos are sensitive. So what do they live in? It's called media, right? So everyone has like their own media. We call it the secret sauce, right? Even I don't even really know what's in there. So like, what's your media? How do you manipulate embryos? Is it out like this, like on a table? Is it under a hood? We do everything in an incubator, right? There's so many different attention to detail points that you, even me, and I've been in this field forever, doesn't always know exactly what they're doing to make it
1: better. Yeah. I did not know that. When, when, when going through this process it was purely like a recommendation thing which i know i think like we're in an awesome metropolitan city with people we trust and awesome doctors but had i known this like i i would have done the research about my my doctor's office like now i want to look into it like not that anything is is wrong or bad but i think that that's such like a, a a nugget of wisdom to share because I didn't even know Can I tell you guys the
2: craziest story? So one of my friends went to get her eggs frozen earlier this year, and it didn't work out because while she was going through like the shots, They, like, confused what she was supposed to take. And so she couldn't get the extraction done because, like, her nurse practitioner confused what she was supposed to take. And so she was so bloated. She was in so much pain. But it just, like, it was, like, completely messed up. So what does she do now? Like, she's going to do it again next year. But she was, like, just, like, obviously, like, so shaken up by that because, like— I don't know, like, you... And that's why, like, conversations like this are so important because, like, like, women need to know, like, okay, like, where am I going? And, like, is it, like, a really, really good place? And obviously she'd done her research, but at the same time, like... I don't know, for whatever the reason, it was like, it was a really messed up story. Yeah. People make decisions. Sh- like, like sometimes people
0: will be like, oh, I'm going to go there because it's cheaper. I'm like,
1: okay. Yeah. I don't think, like, this is not something want, to yeah. probably cheap out on, no. for yeah. sure. Speaking of that, how much does it cost? Yeah. So, typically? A,
0: so this is the thing. I will say the fertility benefits landscape has changed dramatically, mm-hmm. right? So when I first started doing this, nobody had insurance coverage mm-hmm. for yeah. anything. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now a lot of companies are offering not just infertility coverage, but what they call fertility benefits. And it really started with Google, Facebook, and Apple, right? They said to their, their employees, here's $20,000, $30,000, go do what you want. Most of the big companies in New York cover it now, cover fertility treatment. Most of the banks, the law firms, all of the tech companies. Uh-huh, uh-huh. So people have a lot more options. Through their work, yeah. Through their work. Mm-hmm. Egg freezing is going to cost you about $11,000. IVF, embryo freezing with testing, is probably closer to eighteen dollars to $20,000. That is a lot of money for patients Mm -hmm. to spend out of pocket. The good news is if you have the benefit, then you can do it and store it and you're good to go. The not great news is if you don't, then you have to come out of pocket. But Mm -hmm. if you do it at a young age, you know that your success rates will be high. Mm -hmm. Right. Can you get on a payment plan? That's a great question. <laughs> a lot of patients open credit cards, uh-huh. I think, in my experience, and uh-huh. I know that's probably maybe not the best idea. I know,
1: but you've got to do what you got to yeah. do,
0: right? But there are yeah. different, like, they're almost like companies where you pay them and then they'll pay it down for you right. and then you pay like, back. A like a loan situation for that.
1: Yeah, it's something that I've been wanting to look into ever since we started this because as I've been going through it, I've, like, it just adds up and you're like, I cannot believe that something that is health related is not at least like I know it's s- like a little bit covered. And so I want, I've been looking. There are some organizations that, you know, try to raise funds yeah. for women who can't afford it. But it is, it's yeah. I'm the chief medical officer of Trick Mission,
0: which okay. you did a bracelet collab with us. Yes. Did you? Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yes, And we provide grants so that women yes. who have cancer wow. can freeze their eggs mm-hmm. like amazing. ahead of treatment, and it's amazing. We've given hundreds of grants. Mm-hmm. That always struck me as the most unfair situation. You get diagnosed with cancer. And then you can Yeah. And, and then, then no so one helps sad. you yeah. have a family. And then your ovaries are like terrible. Yeah. You know, it's like so yeah. not right. But but we've done a really great job to raise funds and even like your
1: bracelets. Like you yeah. donated a portion. Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. What are some misconceptions about egg freezing?
0: I think the biggest one is that, hey, I have 10 eggs, I must have 10 babies. Yeah. That's the biggest one because I think a lot of times women aren't well counseled that an egg to embryo ratio is definitely not equal, mm-hmm. right? The loss rate is pretty high. So most of the eggs that we ovulate, even when we're in our 20s, aren't good. Uh-huh. So just because you have 10 eggs, it doesn't mean you have 10 babies. Right. So I think that's like a really big one. Mm-hmm. I think another misconception is that people think it, it's like a super painful, arduous process. Mm-hmm. It's definitely involved, but it's it's really not that
1: painful. It's not. It's not.
0: Yeah. It's so worth it. it, I think the last one is that you don't need to think about it in your late 20s, early 30s. And that's actually probably the best time to think about it. Uh Because as you get deeper into your 30s, your quality is going to go down a lot. Right. So I think people are like, oh, I'm like 28. My husband jokes around. He's like, Every dinner party we go to, you're sitting next to someone, and at the end, you're like, oh, she's going to freeze her eggs. And I'm like, he's like, what happened? (sighs) Like, I offered to my nannies as, like, gifts, right? (laughs) It's amazing. (laughs) Because I'm like, guys, like, what are you doing? You need to freeze
1: your eggs. Right. Because I'm like, if you're not aware of what's out there, you're sort of going to pay for it later. Yeah. So we ended up, I got 21 eggs, and then we ended up being able to make five embryos that made it through. That's great. And then we actually, like, we did a transfer a couple months ago, of one of the embryos and our surrogate uh-huh. and she miscarried after nine oh. weeks and so that for me was like one of the most shocking because I was like this was tested yeah. you know like genetically tested and but I it's not a sure thing no, you know not. it's not a sure thing and so even for the embryos is there a percentage of What will stick, or is it that's a heartbreaking
0: one? Yeah, the surrogacy miscarriage is terrible because you just assume Mm -hmm. you know a surrogate's sort of proven, but right. So, usually, it's for a surrogate, it's like 70 to 80 percent success. Wow, usually, if you have a tested embryo from like the best grading, Uh the only thing sometimes I'll say is, is the surrogate a proven surrogate? Meaning, Mm -hmm. has she been a surrogate before? Mm -hmm. That may be the only like inched up success rate. But usually it's just like really, really bad luck. I had a surrogate that miscarried at nine weeks and she got like a horrible infection that like she just miscarried, right? Like I think it had nothing to do with her. She just got like super, super sick. Something sick, yeah. And it just didn't go the right way.
2: Is it like recommended to use a surrogate versus like getting the implant into yourself? Like,
1: Well, it's it's totally your choice. Uh I mean, getting a surrogate is like a totally involved and very expensive process. But if you can't carry, Uh then it's something that you can look into. Or if you just choose that it's like this is something that works more for you. But I think that it's it's like a personal preference and also a financial. The yeah. financial thing. Some would need yeah. it because
0: let's say they may have no uterus or they may have a medical contraindication like breast cancer patient. You know, you have breast cancer. You can't get pregnant immediately if you had a hormone sensitive cancer. So a lot of those patients will use surrogates. Mm-hmm. If you have like, let's say you have really bad diabetes, like there's other medical issues or it's by choice, right? Mm-hmm. You could just say this is not something that's going to work for me right now. Mm-hmm. I would like, like to use a surrogate. Yeah.
1: For me, it was just like I've miscarried so many times. I've tried for five years now I am at a rock bottom like I was just my life was revolving around it I was depressed like losing weight still kind of like it affects me mm-hmm. on an emotional level and so for me it was like a little physical and that a and a, a lot motion emotional and I feel at first I struggled with it because I was like, Everyone's going to judge me because I didn't try to do the transfer and I didn't do everything that I possibly could to get pregnant. And then I, and they're like going to look at it as this privilege that I, that my family can afford. And then I got, I started talking to people who use them and I shed I it took me talking to other people who had been through it though to like help shed that, but it, it took me some me time crazy. to come to terms yeah. with I it. just
2: I do not understand people having opinions on oh, somebody heard. else's body, like and somebody else's family decisions, like I just I don't get it. Like mm-hmm. it's you don't know them and even if you do like I don't no, you know it's what I think just, it is. Sometimes
0: I think it's like insecurity about
2: yourself yeah, and you're you just push scared. it on other people. Exactly. So I'm like
0: you're feeling something and therefore you're pushing it on that person like That's projecting why do you care what right. that person does. Like right. it's not in fact it's not affecting you. Nobody's asking you to pay for it.
2: Right. So it's especially because like pregnancy is like I don't know. It's like it's such a it's such a tough process, you know. Yeah. Like it's not straightforward or easy for anyone. And mm-hmm. it's so I don't know. I it's like where is your compassion and humanity if you're making comments or judgments about someone else's journey? It was
1: more like that. I thought I, that I was afraid of what people were going to think, not even what they would say. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Though you the know? fact that people like you, you like you don't. The, the The fact that that's in my exactly. su- my and conscious that that would be in like, there whether it's in their conscious or subconscious of, I know like, of like all why the should things I things that you
2: are dealing with like I can't believe that this is like another thing that's piled on to women like it makes me so well, that's upset. Thing about pregnancy Like, yeah, I was very like, honest
0: with this like I hated pregnancy I didn't like the way I felt mm-hmm. I didn't like the way my body looked same. I didn't- and I felt like people were always, like, touching my stomach. And I'm like, am I crazy for, eating like, this? <laughs> and I was so scared. I'm totally, like, honest. I was so scared to have my older daughter because mm-hmm. I'm like, what if I, like, don't – I'm just not cut out to do this because yeah. I'm, like, not maternal. Yeah. And I remember when With she was same born, feelings. I was like, oh, my God, I love her. Like, I just hate pregnancy. But yeah, exactly. I love her. I'm, like, exactly. I don't want to go through that. But it's like you're so scared because everyone's like, you should feel beautiful and lovely. I'm like –
1: God! I know I know well that was the that was how this whole thing got born for me like the YouTube series I love my baby butt, because I started just filming my husband started filming me talking about how much pretty much I hated being pregnant and I didn't want to put it out there because I was like women are gonna judge and they're gonna you know be like but it's such a gift and it's such a how could you complain I'm like no this is not complaining this is just like a women's experience and we're allowed to have All different sorts of opinions, be it good or bad. And, like,
2: I've had friends who've, like, said exactly what you've said. You know, that like, I love my—I hate being pregnant. Like, this is worst. Like, just—it's such varied experiences. And others being like, it was so easy. Yeah. (laughs) It's even
0: like labor. Like, you know, I was an OB resident. I remember people used to come into the labor floor with these, like, birth plans I want. And I'd be like— Okay. Like, yeah. Like, <laughs> all right, What whatevs. You see the way it goes. But even, like, for me, I remember showing up and the nurses were like, I think you can do this without an epidural. I'm like, yeah, no, I want an epidural. I don't want to, like, be in pain. People, like, push their own feelings of how labor is supposed to go well, on totally. you. And I'm like, yeah, I— Even the breastfeeding. I'm like, I know. Don't breastfeed.
1: breastfeed." Like, why is everyone all over you? Yeah. No, you're in a good place now because it's, I mean, I think that there it has come a long way. Like social media has come a long way. And being able to just be like the real you as a mom is okay, but it is it's hard no matter what,
0: right? People are always gonna say like what they feel. Oh, I wouldn't have done that if I was pregnant, I wouldn't go there, I wouldn't do this. I remember even breastfeeding my younger daughter. I was like four months and I was like, I hate this. Why am I doing this? Like, I was back at work. I was pumping. And my pediatrician was like, you should just go out for a steak dinner. I'm like, what? That's the worst advice I've (laughs) ever— So then I, like, bought
1: that Similac. I opened it up, and I was like, I'm never looking back.
0: Yeah. Like, who cares? Like, I don't care. I I just couldn't
1: do it anymore. Yeah. And you find your little army of people that you actually trust trust. and listen to, and then you just, like, tune out the rest of the nonsense. So true. Okay, so then what is the survival rate of frozen eggs? Most
0: frozen eggs are going to survive the
1: thaw today,
0: right? Like if you had frozen your eggs, you know, when women froze their eggs 10, 15 years ago, I'm like, I don't know if those are going to survive. But today, I usually say 80 to 90% will survive the thaw. Embryo survival is 98% because by you, you're talking about one cell. The egg is one cell with a lot of water and an embryo is many cells and it's a different situation. Mm-hmm. But your survival, when you look at egg freezing, you can't compare an egg, like one egg to one embryo because you have to look at the eggs as a cohort or a group. So I say to women, like, if you get 12 eggs and that provides you with one viable embryo, Mm -hmm. you need to look at it like that as opposed to, oh, look at my 12 eggs. They didn't have that same potential. But an egg to an embryo is so different. So different
2: wait, I actually have a question and obviously both of you guys will jump in, but you said that you did IVF and then egg freezing. So
1: I did, I, I was doing IVF. Uh So essentially the process to IVF, you have to like go through egg retrieval. Oh. So basically I did the egg retrieval, which is what you would do in order to, um, freeze them. And then you would just You would just make the embryos and freeze them. And then when you were ready, you would decide whether you wanted to do a transplant yourself, in you, a surrogate, whatever. But I did, yeah, I had to do an egg retrieval to then freeze the embryos. Because IVF
0: stands for in vitro fertilization. So everyone who's going to use their eggs when they're frozen is going to do IVF, right? Because fertilization will happen in the lab. But either it happens immediately when you're freezing embryos or it happens delayed when you thaw the eggs and fertilize with your sperm source.
2: Yeah. Got it. Okay. That
1: makes sense. Yeah. No, that's good. Because I didn't know any of this stuff prior to this either. Yeah. Oh,
0: most people don't. Like no, Sometimes it's... people think like, I've heard people be like, oh, I get pregnant when I have my period. I'm like, no, no, <laughs> that's wrong. Or like, I'm like, oh, whoa, we're going to like sex ed 101. <laughs> yeah. I joke around because I go to my daughter. I Two girls 9 and 12 and I'll go to their school to talk about this and they're so embarrassed. They're like, Mom, that, I was like dying. sperm and sex. I'm like it shouldn't
2: be that embarrassing guys. No. Like, this it's is like sh- it's honestly on. I wish this was education that I got when I was like 18, yes, 16. You know what I, I mean? Totally. Like, when just, you're
1: actually thinking about that yeah. and when you're I know. Like Cause cause I we're know. taught
0: how not to get pregnant yeah. but nobody tells you how to get pregnant. No. Yeah. And I always say we go through our 20s being like dear God I hope I am not pregnant know, and, <laughs> and then just, you hit 30 and you're like dear God this is actually so hard. <laughs>
1: Yeah, totally. We're like, who
0: knew there was, like, one or two days you were supposed to have sex? Like, yeah. the whole thing was mind-blowing. You
1: know? Or you're like, you still don't know if you—like, for me, even when I was your age and I we decided to try, I still wasn't at a point mentally where I was ready. I was just like— i I, we i know we want to do this i'm just gonna like throw caution to the wind and just go for it like who knows how long this is going to take and then when i actually got pregnant i was like shit like this is real i can't (laughs) believe i'm actually doing this but it almost was just at least looking back on it for me like the best way to do it because Mm -hmm. i wasn't overthinking but i think right now it's also you're in like prime like career building mode. And you, if that's what feels true to you, that's what your gut tells you that you need to serve, then obviously like lucky for this, that you have yeah, this option. And that's the thing, like yes. it's,
2: it's insurance at the end yeah. of the day, you know? And like, I think like people are so different. Like I've had friends who were like, I just knew I wanted to be a mom, right? And yeah. I was talking to my EA in the car and I was like, Yeah. You know, I think I want a kid at some point, like it would be nice to be a mom at some point. But when Mm -hmm. I have looked at what I've wanted my whole life, like, yes, like I Mm -hmm. at some point Mm -hmm. I would like to have a kid. Mm -hmm. But for me, like my entire purpose in life was like success and career, you know, like that was my thing. And so I would give anything for that. But you know, you're I, not ready to give, you're yeah. not ready to like exactly. bring something else
1: in that will derail that. Exactly. And I have so much respect for that. And I think that's so powerful for you to be able to like acknowledge and admit because so many women are so scared to be honest about that and are afraid that they'll be judged that they're putting their career before what, re, you know, life society expects from us. But that's why we can do this. And then who knows, you can use them or not. Exactly. You know what I mean? Like, whether it could never be time, or you could think five years down the road when the business
2: is exactly. a little like, bit more it, off the ground, you're so lucky to have these. That's that's the thing, and yeah. like that's why it's like it's conversations like this are important because yeah. I mean I don't know like where else do you learn about stuff like this? You know, like it's <sighs> not you t- don't yet. learn about it for <laughs> me always, until you had to deal yeah. with it. Like what about for that's you? Why you I'm were like, int- I have to write the book because we do need, absolutely
1: because you go to your do. gyn
0: right, and she or he says to you, oh, you need a pap smear, like std testing, maybe a mammogram. But nobody really sits with you and is like, hey, what are your fertility plans? Mm -hmm. And I've thought a lot about this. Like, why don't we? Is it because we don't want to bring it up as an OB? Do we think it's like we're being invasive? But that's sort of your job. Like, we should start to talk about it and say, okay, if you think you want to do something like a career, maybe you should freeze your eggs or at least check your egg quantity. Because if you check and you're low— Maybe you need to do it now. Like, mm-hmm. then at least you have data. And that's the thing. Like, I get it. Everything's expensive. And I'm not here to push, like, oh, everyone to do it. It's, But you should just know your options. Because right. if you don't
1: know, then you're going to be really screwed. And you're going to be true. really mad. Yeah. You know, it's not... Yeah. The being in the
2: dark is like not it. No. (laughs) No. You
1: always want to know what all of your options are. Just out of curiosity, like on a daily basis at CCRM, like what are you most dealing with, would you say?
0: So my career has morphed into I'm the director of egg freezing for the whole country. So I would say 70 percent of the patients I see now are egg freezing. Okay, Which it changed. You know, what changed the pandemic. So during the pandemic is when the in, like people freezing eggs skyrocketed. Uh-huh. Wow. First, I thought it was because, well, people are at home. But then the more, I mean, all I do is talk to women all day long. The more I spoke to women, it was like, well, I think now that I'm home or like now that mm-hmm. I paused my life, I think I do want to maintain the opportunity. Like I may want to have a family, so I'm here to do this. Mm-hmm. So I think the pandemic was like a major shift in how we looked at our lives. Mm-hmm. And then a lot of companies realized to retain good female talent, they had to offer it. Mm-hmm. So then, like, friends were doing it. So groups of friends were coming in. So that's, like, primarily what I spend my day doing. And I joke around, like, yes, I'm a fertility doctor, but really I'm there to, like,
1: let, tell me about your life. Like, yeah, what no. are you thinking? <laughs> and I like, have holistically more, yeah. look at the clients 100%. and help them with their
0: plan. Yeah. And more than once I've said, and, like, this has not been my best, but I've been like— I don't know about that guy. I've been mean, like, I think you should freeze eggs. Yeah.
1: yeah. No, good, for you. <laughs> good, you good should, for you. As you should. As yeah. you should. Because
0: I'm sitting there and I'm like watching the dynamic and I'm always like, I don't know if yeah. this is... And can you
1: do both? Can she, if so you're lucky enough, question. can you do yes. some eggs and some embryos? No,
0: I generally don't like women to do it in the same cycle because uh-huh. then you're sort of like splitting the cohort into too many angles. If uh-huh. you have a ton of eggs, sure, you can take 10 and just say, I'm going to put them aside for myself. But if you get 10 eggs, I'll say, listen, do a round of eggs and do a round of embryos. And then you have your own stuff for the end of the day should you need to use them. And like, then you're not beholden to a guy because like I've seen patients even who've had cancer and their male partners are like, no, you can't use the embryos. And then they're in menopause. And like, what are they going to do? They can't do anything.
2: I actually have a question. If someone is wanting to freeze eggs or embryos, are there things that they can do like in their life from like a health and wellness mm-hmm. perspective Great question, Great yeah. Question. So
0: this I would say this is a huge like growth in IVF and the fertility world because we now really look at inflammatory disorders and how they affect not just like your GI like we were talking about or your body your, it can affect your fertility, mm-hmm. so you don't have to change your life. Like you don't have to say, "I'm going to go gluten free," you know, no alcohol for it. like that doesn't have to change. But should you be a healthy version of yourself? Sure, you, yeah. you should try, right? I I always say like people get pregnant in the you know doing drugs, the worst of circumstances. <laughs> yeah. So don't blame yourself if you're like, "I had rosé and pasta, that's why my eggs are terrible." I'm like, <laughs> no, that's not why your eggs are terrible. <laughs> but you can do things to make yourself healthier.
1: Yeah. That's, yeah. That's I it. know. We talked about that on the last podcast too. They said the same thing. They were yeah. like, just basically general health, like move your body for thirty minutes three times a week, like generally stay healthy, everything in moderation, but nothing. Yeah. Oh, I'm I'm good. I'm good. Yeah, <laughs> you're, you're good. We you're
0: don't healthy. know. Like we don't know the benefits. Like people are like, what if I'm in a stressful job? And I'm like, then you stress about stress, and you're more stressed. Yeah. So Then you have stress. Like, right. If it's like you're, you know, I had an accountant and she was like, I'm going to do it during April. I'm like, isn't that tax season?" Yeah. She was like, oh, I'm like, maybe May or like February. I don't know. It's <laughs> maybe like, she wanted to go and like, my like, yeah, like, exactly. it. She's like, I'm offering. Yeah, yeah <laughs> exactly. Yeah. But like, it's true, right? Like, don't pick the most stressful time of your life to do it. But the reality is we all live lives and have to like function and move forward. Yeah. I always give it up to the women that do what we we call it single mother by choice. Mm -hmm. So women who will come in and use their eggs with donor sperm. Mm -hmm. That actually increased a lot during COVID. Like the sperm bank saw a decrease in available sperm.
2: Wow. Because women
0: who are like in their later 30s would say, hey, you know what? I actually want to be a parent. Like Mm -hmm. screw the egg freezing. Let's just get some donor sperm. So I'm like that's great. Look yeah. at you. Like and that's the thing, right? Like families, I always say like families are what you make of it. Yeah. So if you use an egg donor or a sperm donor, like we have to let go that like, you know, 2.3 kids in the white picket fence, like who really cares? Right. Anymore? How
1: that, how it, it was made. It doesn't naive. matter. It's like, how they're raised. Exactly. Your yeah. kid
0: is who they are because of who you who you, make them totally, be. So totally. So I always say like, you know, people who struggle with, do I use an egg donor? Do I use a sperm donor? I'm like, That kid is your kid Mm -hmm. because you're their parent. It doesn't matter where their genetics came from. It doesn't matter who carries your kid. Like, that's still your
1: child because you're going to raise that person. Right. Absolutely. And what about the laws? Because, like, New York, is surrogacy legal there yet? now Yeah. Yeah. I was like, because when we were starting to look for surrogates, I think, I feel like it wasn't. But it's so crazy how things are still not legal in places. Especially
0: foreign countries. We see a lot of patients from Asia who come over to do surrogacy because it's not legal there. Really? Yeah. 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 So I have to say, like, the U.S. is probably the most advanced in terms of its reproductive laws, but states vary. So you you may live in a state where, you know, the laws are different than California is a very good state to Mm -hmm. have a surrogate in Mm -hmm. because the laws are very liberal. Mm -hmm. But you always want to make sure like, you have a lawyer and the lawyer helps guide you.
2: Also, mm-hmm. OK, I have another question. Like, do you freeze your eggs in the place that you live in or like where you want to get pregnant? Does it, it matter? I've had a
0: lot of patients say, like, my parents live in New York, so I'm going to come home and do it in New York, like on break. I'm going to do it, you know, it, it you because CCRM is a network, we can ship our eggs and embryos amongst all of our clinics, right? So if you happen to be living in Houston, you make your embryos and then you're in your New York, just send the embryos to us. Like, that's fine. But I think you should do it where you have support, is what I tell women. Like, if your family lives in Houston, do it in Houston, mm-hmm. but it has to be what's right for you.
1: I was just with someone, and it was so coincidental when we were traveling last week, and she actually used a surrogate and used CCRM in, in oh, Colorado. Yeah. And she was like, tell them that they've been amazing. Yeah. And like, I wouldn't, ha- I tried. she tried for years. Well, and- CCRM
0: Colorado is where it all started.
1: Yes. And I always say this, I,
0: so I trained in New York and everyone used to send their patients to Colorado when they couldn't get pregnant because CCRM was known to be like the best fertility clinic in the, really in the world. Right. And then they started to open up satellite locations where they would train the lab and then like they, they would hire the doctors. Mm-hmm. So all of our labs are the same, but all of the success came from the colorado
1: location got it and that's why they're known to be who they are okay and then i have one more question yeah, sure. so with our specific embryos we got like grades and whatnot mm-hmm. and we're told technically which ones were the strongest and and you know down the line One was not tested for sex because maybe it was like a little bit on the weaker side. So they didn't want to do that testing. But we ended up putting one of the embryos that was weaker because it was a girl, Mm -hmm. because we wanted a girl. And so I'm just wondering, like, they say it's weaker, but they're like, it's still great. And that's what's confusing, you know? So So this... the. What what happens is the
0: the embryo grade and the day it's tested, so embryos can be biopsied on day five, day six, or day seven mm-hmm. of their life. Day mm-hmm. fives are the best, then day six, then day seven. So we generally will pick a day five embryo first, and then we look at its grading. It gets two-letter grades. Mm-hmm. There's AA, AB, there's Cs, there's Ds. Mm-hmm. So we'll always go for the As, then mm-hmm. the Bs, and the Cs, and the Ds. It doesn't mean if you put back like a DD, you're having a DD child. You yeah. always ask me. I'm like, no, yeah. it's implantation chances. Mm -hmm. So my 5AA is going to implant much greater than my 6CC. How much greater? Depends on the day it was biopsy. So if you have a day 5, 5AA in our lab, you're talking about a 70, 75% live birth rate. Okay. But if you have a day 7, that's 35%. Uh-huh. So it's wow. a huge difference based on the day of the biopsy and the grading. Now, a lot of couples will come in and they'll be like, you know, I I want a female. I have a male. I want a, yeah. male, I have a female. Yeah. And I'm like, okay, let's just look at the success and base our decision on that. Yeah.
1: So that's why I need to, we're about to fill out which embryo we want for the second transfer. And in my heart, I'm like, I kind of know what I want, but it doesn't, I want to know really, I want to look at the grading again and make sure that I'm having that conversation. You want to make sure you're not to know the chances. Yeah. Because I don't fully remember. Like that's the other thing is like you, each time you go through this, you, there's so many other things to like look at and rehab the conversation. And it's also like data that's not like for you. Like I always say, I think
0: sometimes we forget as doctors, like patients are not doctors, right? So yeah. we will pick up the phone and be like, da, 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 and, then yeah. hang and I think that's like not. So now I like, I always say to I had breast cancer in uh, when I was 39. Uh, and it actually was the best thing that happened to me because I learned how to be so much of a better doctor. I will never forget this doctor calling me being like, do you have breast cancer? And I was like, and then she hung up and I was like. Oh my God, like what, what, like, what just happened? Like, yeah. I was I a so million short And I was yeah. like, I can't. So now what I do is when I call patients, I'll always say, is this a good time? If not, when should I call you back yeah. so we can sit? Because I think we forget, like, it's our every day. That's all we do is look at embryos and eggs. Right. But you're it's like, you have three ABs correct. at
1: a day six. This, it's not every day. So a blastocyte so of this. Correct. And you're you like, time wait, to whoa, I, there's five of them. I, can you please go through each one correct. and the pros and the cons of each one? And, and like, that
0: can't be done sometimes in five minutes, yeah. like while I'm trying to eat lunch, right? Yeah. So yeah. it doesn't work. And I think sometimes I always say, like, what do we not teach medical students? Well, we don't teach medical students how to give bad news and how to be empathetic, <sighs> right? Because well, that's
1: such a hard thing hard. to teach yeah. and sometimes. You learn it really, come, yeah. you learn it, or yeah, or it comes naturally. It seems like, yeah, it's or you never learn it, you, and then or you're then, like, you, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you have terrible bedside yeah, management. Exactly. Yeah, so
2: are you able to pick which doctor you go to when you're deciding to do this yeah. process? Yeah, you yeah. okay. Yeah. Sometimes people just say, I'll take the next available.
0: Sometimes people are like, I want a male or I want a female or whatever it is. But usually people will pick based on, like, preference. Yeah.
1: Okay. And we had a scenario where our doctor was going to be out of town for the transfer and we could have had a different doctor do the transfer. And I was like, no, I even want to, even though it's like a very— yeah." Probably basic procedural thing. I was like, I want my doctor to be the one to do it. Yeah. So you can. It, that is the hardest so thing we do, y- though,
0: is the transfer. It is. Like, that's the one thing that I always say takes you the longest to have good success for. Right. Because it's it's like retrievals are fairly simple procedures. Mm-hmm. And tra- it's, we say 80 percent of transfers are easy, but then there's 20 percent that, that are like, maybe tricky. Yeah. But that's where, like, you know, doing this for several years, you're like, oh, I know exactly what I can do
1: at this yeah,
2: point. Yeah, yeah. Okay, I'm, I'm coming to you. Yeah, you should. <laughs> no, like, you should. you're
0: incredible. Oh, yeah. that's so nice of you. We can go to the Sporting Rich store. There we
2: go. <laughs> yeah, and now I'm
1: like, I want you to look at all of my embryos sure. and tell yeah. me which one to put in. Okay, amazing. You've been so awesome. This was so fun. Yeah, so yep. fun and easy. Thank yeah, you. Honestly, thank you so yeah, much. I learned course. so much. Thank you for having me. This was great.